0: Welcome back to SOAR and our topic today, which is establishing an exercise routine during quarantine. So right now, I have the pleasure of introducing my guest who's going to help us dive into this topic. My special guest, Adia Callahan, is the founder and owner of See Me Wellness, as well as a Pilates instructor in the Seattle area. Her goal is wanting to bridge the gap between black women and fitness. See Me Wellness's mission is to motivate and empower black women to control your narrative by incorporating wellness into one's life. As a black woman working as an engineer and technical salesperson, she became used to being one of a few as either a woman and or a person of color. And then she decided that she had to do more on her part to directly improve that lack of representation happening within the industry. Through See Me Wellness, Adia is delivering on her mission and passion to improve the healthiness of black women through direct efforts such as classes, creating fitness events and spaces such as her hiking group, 206 Hikes, and her podcast called Sweaty Edges. Above all else, Adia is wife to Scott and mother to Avery. Welcome to SOAR. Adia, I'm so excited about our topic setting up a fitness regime during quarantine. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and how you went from being in the tech space as an engineer to an entrepreneur and fitness ambassador.
1: All right. First of all, thank you, Stephanie, for having me on SOAR. Um, this is good work that you're doing. So thank you for having me. I guess from the beginning, I was the good girl from the South, right? And I was always told that I was pretty good in math and science and that's what i just did they told me they being parents teachers whomever told me to go into engineering and i didn't know any better at 17 18 and that is exactly what i did graduated and went into the oil industry as a field engineer and i only made that last about a year right before i said this is not where i want to be at Luckily, I found a program. I guess is the best way to describe it. Um, essentially, turning engineering, fairly new engineers in the workforce, into technical sales reps, and that started my career. I guess in the corporate America, if you want to say it, within the sales realm of of, of it all. So I did. I've done sales here and there. You know, ten plus years, both inside outside, and. There was one particular company I was working with, a Fortune 500 company. The stress was high. I was living in the New England area and the one thing I found that helped to really get my mind space back in order was fitness. Prior to that, mm-hmm. fitness was just something that we, we did in my household. My uh, parents, they both had kind of like a pillar. One was my mom. She did more of the educational side of things and then the second one was my, it's my daddy, who was more on the physical fitness side of things. So staying active, moving. I just, I did, I was active, but I wasn't pretty much, I wasn't in an organized sport. I played a little basketball, but I was pretty much on the nerd track. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> right?
1: Like I was the person who was in band. I went to class, did school work, did, I was in the science fair. All the way through high school. So I wasn't a jock. I was definitely your, if you had to categorize me, I was definitely your nerd. But in this, this new company, in this new role, I had a lot of stresses as far as career development. One being, I knew there was a, 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 a game, but I didn't know how to play the game. Like I didn't know the rules. Um, half the time I didn't know when the game was starting, right? <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, but they had an in-house gym. And one of my coworkers, she got me interested in going for our lunch breaks in the gym. And that saved me, Stephanie. It really did. Because when I was feeling chaotic at work and then my commute was like an hour, I would have to commute back to a hotel. And I was living at a hotel for six plus months. I had that fitness. Yeah, fitness was what I had consistently. And that really started my love for... Um, For being in the health and wellness space that 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 portion of my life was uh was really pivotal for me when i um when i left the company though i still running in the rat race of, of trying to develop my career figuring out where i wanted to be at but again fitness was something i always would come back to so even if it wasn't going into the gym it could have been me learning how to run or learning how to do hikes. It's just, it was just anything that kept me active. It kept my mind focused in on a set goal. I was, I was really falling in love with. Um, so then we fast forward into 2008. I was one of the thousands of, Am- of Americans who was hit by the recession at that time, laid off. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to take some time off, right? I'm thinking to myself, I'm almost 30. My husband has this quote unquote good job. We don't have any kids. I'm just going to do something I want to do. And I was at a gym and the woman, she says, you know, you would be a good group fitness instructor. You should think about teaching classes. And I did that. And in fact, I actually went back to school, um, to get, become a, a fitness specialist, which allowed me to get my kinesiology, my A and P. So my anatomy and physiology mm-hmm. classes and labs. I was able to get all that, um, in during that program and I came out thinking this is what I really wanted to do. I enjoyed not only as a, as a person who benefited from it, but I really enjoyed the way I was able to interact with clients and interact with people in my class and solve their successes. And I became a little addicted to that feeling of we did this together because it is, it's a relationship. So I said, I'm just going to. I'm just going to create a business and that's what I did. But I have to throw the caveat that first round of entrepreneurship was a really cute business, right? Like I got business cards. I sent them out to my mama and daddy, you know, look at me. (laughs) (laughs) I sent them out, you know, I'm, I'm teaching them classes, but I didn't have a business mind behind it. I just knew how to take good care of my clients and teach really good classes.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a very inspiring journey. A lot of people can relate to what you just shared. And thanks for sharing it just so transparently. I know for a lot of people, I've seen their commitment to fitness skyrocket during the quarantine, and they're just thriving and they're they're meeting their goals and they're surpassing their goals. And then there are other people like myself who are struggling to get into a new groove with fitness. I was doing well up until the quarantine and then I've kind of lost my my rhythm. So please explain what is the best way to set up the perfect fitness regime during quarantine?
1: Um Let's let's go ahead and show ourselves some grace really quickly. It is a pandemic. Right. So. Right about now, I think the order, personally, the order should be mental wellness and then physical wellness if you can afford that. Mm -hmm. So if you can do things that keep your mind at a good spot, I, as a person who has built a career over the, a lot more on the movement side, I would say that would be the most important thing to really be focusing in on and then let movement be secondary because It is. This is something that nobody expected or nobody would probably ever go through again. Knock on wood. So we have to really be kind to ourselves in the sense of, yeah, this threw a a wrench in a lot of people's plan. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and I um, and so to answer your question, I have been challenging my clients and those people around me. They want to go directly to the plan. And I've been asking them the why's behind it. Why do you want the fitness? Why do you want a a regimen? Why do you think you need to be moving? What I'm finding is people are saying because they need to and they're expected to more so than they want to. And that's where I think the first step is really is to determine why are you wanting to do fitness? Because that's going to help us determine essentially what's going to keep you coming back to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, that's a that's a that's a great point. So I know for me it's yeah. the I can only speak for myself, but for me, it's the physical benefits. You know, as a physician, I see patients and I see sure. what the long term effects are of having a sedentary lifestyle and moving has such great benefit. So that's like The number one thing just for the health benefits as I'm getting older. And the second thing would be because I feel so much better when I'm moving. I do. I feel I have more energy to enjoy life and to do the things that I love to do. And I feel better about my body. My body works better and it it moves better. It looks better. So I would say those two.
1: Okay. so if we took Dr. Stephanie as the example, (laughs) (laughs) if I was coaching you through putting together a routine. The first thing I would say to you is I don't want you to think about anything else, but what do you want to do? Not what should you do? Not what you know you you could do, but what do you want to do? And what do you want to do in relationship to movement? Do you want to do a walk? Do you want to dance? Do you want to go swimming? And what I'm really asking those you and the client is let's put together the first priority of the things that is the easiest, i.e. has the least amount of resistance in your mind to get the body there. That's brilliant. Once you get to that, it's easier that way, right? Like, cause it's a positive thing for us to really sink our teeth into. So let's say you told me, Mm -hmm. well, I like to dance. Ooh, super easy right we'd like to dance next thing I, t- I will ask you to do is don't think about anything else in fact put all your goals out the door and I know Dr Stephanie that's a that's something that we normally wouldn't say because we want people to get 150 minutes per week of moderate intense movement but right about now we want people to get something so then I would say to the you, If if you like to dance, I want you to put the goals out the door as far as time, duration, frequency. And I just want you to give Mm. me whatever you can give me throughout the week. If that's five Mm. minutes of movement and it's dancing, I'm good with that. If it's 10 minutes, I'm good with that. If it's every day for a minute, I'm good with that. Because now we're setting your foundation. So we've decided that the steps will be right about now is... What's going to keep you coming back? And then step two is what is your baseline? And I think that's pretty, I think those two right about now is as a good starting point for people in the sense of it takes a lot of the stress out of their lives. They don't need any more stress, right? We don't want to stress people out, right? And it keeps them more on the positive reinforcement side of things versus another another task on their to-do list that they didn't get
0: to. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Definitely something that I can buy into. And and you picked my thing. Dance is my thing. That's the thing that I love to I love do. People, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I like that because sometimes when I think about setting up a fitness regimen, it does feel like this huge task and there's all of this expectation around it. So kind of taking it from that perspective is is very helpful. Yeah, because I think
1: you hit it. A lot of people already know what they're supposed to do in a general sense, right? They already know Mm -hmm. they're supposed to be moving. We're supposed to be moving. We're supposed to, quote unquote, eat better, get plenty of sleep, whatever that looks like for you, drink lots of water. Like we already know these things. What we want to, and let me step back. I think the fitness industry specifically has stepped away from the person behind the client. Mm. We haven't done a good job of taking care of the person. We've done a very good job of taking care of the expectations, but not the actual individual, the client, the person, the human. So what I I think what about now shows us is that we know what we want to do and are supposed to do. We just want you to do something and feel good from it. And I think those having that mindset sets you up a lot more for success and long term goal planning and setting and achievement versus me telling you, Dr. Stephanie, I'm going to need you to get out there and walk three times a week for 30 minutes at a time to get you 150 minutes in that week and get your heart rate up to a six or seven of the perceived exertion scale, like just saying all that doesn't sound appetizing right about
0: now. <laughs> right? No, it doesn't sound appetizing. So what you've prescribed sounds very exciting to me. You know, I love to dance, I can put some music on and just dance every day and just feel good about that. So when I'm ready to kind of go to the next level in my fitness, once I've just kind of I'm doing what I love to do, what would be your Next, next
1: suggestion? suggestion would be to start
0: documenting
1: and nothing super formal. Just start documenting when were the times you were able to do the most, right? Mm-hmm. Saturdays, you know, you was able to clean the house, hit the two-step, give me a nice little line dance, and you were mm-hmm. able to maintain that for a good 10 minutes. Okay. You also had a couple of times, a couple of minutes on Thursday night that you didn't think you really had between three and four that you were able to actually do a whole song worth of movement. So now I'm asking you to to put more. I guess the real word is being more mindful of now of your schedule, because the first thing once we started prescribing a, a regimen, we don't want this, this used to be, oh, I don't have time. Mm-hmm. So now you're going to go ahead and you're going to tell me what works for you. And you're going to tell me in a sense that is really real life and is real time and is where you are at now because then I can go back and help you put something a little bit more structured to that.
0: Okay. Love that. Love that. So I know. I talked about some of the challenges that I've had during the quarantine, but I'm just curious to hear if there are what fitness challenges you've noticed that your clients have had during the quarantine.
1: They were hitting it hard at the beginning. They were I mean, they look like they were professional athletes. They were coming <laughs> out <laughs> myself included. We were walking once a day and then we may have done a class every other day and we were cooking from home and everything was just beautiful. And then month two hit and we realized this was going to be the long haul and people started to slide off. Right. Um,
0: mm-hmm. And
1: I think that's the biggest challenge is it was really nice at the beginning. You got a chance to decompress, to slow down, to put time into things, i.e. your fitness that you wanted to. But once you realized that it was going to go a lot longer than expected, the urge, the desire, the want went away. And now people are starting to pick it up again. But I also, I I take that back to, well, you didn't go back to your why. Why are you doing this? And you were doing more of, oh, I got time. I should be doing Mm -hmm. this. But once you said, this is why I want to do this. When that month two and three started to hit, you could go back to that question to help you get over that hump.
0: Makes sense. Yeah. And I like the way you said that because I work a lot with my why and with some of my clients around their why. And I haven't thought about doing it with fitness. I mean, it's in the back of my mind, but I like how you said, the urge to do it right away during the pandemic might have been not because of your why, but because, Oh, I have time. Let's do it. But anchoring it to that. Why is always a very powerful thing. So I- I'm taking notes. This is really good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what you? Yeah. So I-, I wanted to ask you another question. When we talked a few months ago, I think you were contemplating taking a big leap into your business And I challenged you to visualize your perfect day and a couple of I think it may have been a month or so later, you wrote back to me saying, quote, I thought you should know that I wrote out my perfect day per your suggestion. It has rocked my world. I'm having to rethink quite a few things. Thank you, unquote. And I really appreciated that message. I will often suggest to people to do visualization and typically it does have a powerful effect, but it was so refreshing to hear that you had done it and it had made a difference because I love helping people experience that shift. So I haven't had a chance to like talk to you since then. So I wanted to ask you now, what was (laughs) the experience like of putting down your perfect day and how did it rock your world?
1: It was scary to to be quite Mm -hmm. frank with you. Um, because I thought uh, I thought what would what appear on paper would really reflect what I was already doing. So when um, that was last year, I think towards the end of last year, if I remember correctly, or beginning of this year, I was finally working full time in the fitness industry at the time as a full time Pilates instructor. And when I say full times, you know, I'm doing wow. 40 plus hours a week of of instructing people via classes and one-on-one, but that's what I had worked on for so long to get to that point. So I fully expected for for that exercise to reflect that. What I probably didn't tell you in our conversation was, 2008, I was fired from my last sales job. Prior to that, I had started to see um, a, a counselor because I have been struggling again with, with the career side of things. And I remember one time she saying, "I feel like you want to work in fitness full time. What's the hesitation?" And my response was, "Well, fitness mm. isn't a isn't a career." So, mm. fast forward to the time I talk with you, I'm I'm working in the career and all the things that I thought I needed to make a career like a job title and business cards, yes, yeah. 401k and insurance. All those things that I consider to be a career, I was getting that in the job, this this um, Pilates job. Stephanie, nothing I wrote down reflected what I was doing in that job. <laughs> nothing. I was barely instructing clients. I was teaching classes. I was talking and presenting content, not only to the general population, but to my peers. I was consulting with people on different topics. And I think that's part of the engineer engineering behind Mm -hmm. me. I enjoy looking for solutions to problems, right? Like that's, that gives me the kick, Mm -hmm. but I was not doing, I said, let me say not, I was probably doing maybe 5% of my everyday career, quote unquote, job life (laughs) in comparison to my perfect day. And I just looked at it. I was thinking, hmm, well, this is an issue. <laughs> this is a problem because now I I have to go back and I have to start. I have to start planning out some things and re-looking at what really brought me value. And uh, I knew it was going to be some work and I didn't want to do it.
0: Right. And, and that's that's so honest, because often. We might know what the answer is, but we kind of ignore it because we know that to get to that answer is going to take a lot of work. So the fact that you were honest enough, courageous enough to write down what your true perfect day was and to step back and look at it, even though it looked totally different than what you were doing. And you had already worked hard to get to that point of what you were doing. You had already made a career shift. And that was like, oh, so I'm still got to go all the way over there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but you're doing
1: it. And it's so funny. That's so similar to how a lot of people cr- approach their wellness. What do you say? Absolutely.
0: Yeah. 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 So usually, and we we, we kind of got into this a little bit about the work involved in doing it, but usually when there's something that we know we're meant to do, but we're not doing it, If you break it all down, you can usually break it down to some sort of fear that's holding us back. And so I will often refer to that on this show as a limiting belief. Can you think of what some of the the fears or limiting beliefs that you faced and had to overcome with pushing forward with your business and your podcast and all of the exciting things that you're doing now that you weren't doing, you know, last year?
1: Yeah, and and the the real truth is, I am. That's uh, Mm -hmm. that's in the present tense, right? I am, like you said, pushing ing through a lot of that stuff still. Um, I the biggest fear was, as I alluded to at the beginning, for so long, fitness was was pretty much my refuge. I used fitness to help control my internal well being more so than my physical when things were chaotic and, and out of control, I, I could turn to fitness because it was gratifying to me. It was mine. I was good at it. I just, I just it made me feel good. It boosted my confidence. It, it helped calm me down. So the same way somebody mm-hmm. may have turned to food or uh, something like that, I, that fitness was like that. And then I got to teach and I got to instruct and I got to train people. So then mm-hmm. I was able to, To do something with that impacted more than just me. So I was very protected of fitness, wellness as a career career path. I wanted to do it, but I also wanted to keep that really essentially sanctified for me because I did struggle so much with these jobs and, and understanding what I was good at, my confidence. So I was very afraid to step out wholly and fully into the wellness space as a professional because I didn't want to bring in those same self-doubt, lack of confidence, fear, whatever you call it, it's all the same. The negative energy that I had when I went to go clock in at that nine to five, I didn't want to bring that to that space. And then when I did get the opportunity to work Time, um, <laughs> I, I had a rule, and let me tell you how serious I, I was about keeping my sanctuary yeah. whole. People started gossiping to me. I said, Look, 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 I tell people to scoop, it was a safe I eat my space snacks, and I do a lot, just a little gossip. I don't want all that here. <laughs> this is my, and I would <laughs> talk, like, I was really protective, <laughs> I was very protective yeah. of that space because it meant so much to me. I was, it was, it was, it was so much so that I didn't even see myself leaving the physical space of that studio because I was scared to do anything else. Like this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. I'm just going to be here. I'm going to do my good job here. And that was it. Until I met a mutual friend of ours and she was very rude. I tell the story and I've told it to her. She was so rude. (laughs) Mm She was a client about the second session. Mm -hmm. She stops. She looks at me and she says, you're hiding here. And it shocked me One, because we just met. And two, you can see me. I'm not this. I'm here. I'm here. So when I was called out by essentially a stranger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At that time, it made me start to think. What am I really doing, and why am I afraid to move forward? Going back to these wives, you know, and mm-hmm. it, going back to it. For you, it may be one thing. For me, it's when it comes to my career and fitness. Is now my career, mm-hmm. so I got to come back to it and I have to establish it. The long story short, I was really afraid mm-hmm. of messing up. I was I was really afraid of falling on my f- not even just falling flat on my face. I was afraid that it wouldn't work out. And that was the biggest fear. It still is. It still is my biggest fear. Right.
0: Yeah. I, I like what you said about pushing because it is a continual journey. We We don't arrive at not having any more fears or not having any more limiting beliefs. We just get stronger as we, you know, sort of. Push past one and keep going and push past the next one and keep going. We just get stronger that we do it even though we have the fear. We still do it. So uh, thank you for sharing that. That was that was uh, a a great story. And she did share that with me, too. It's
1: so funny you say that. I'm going to divert if you don't mind. We were talking last week and it sounds like she she just struck again. And I said, so what happens what happened to her after you dropped that bomb? She am uh, talking about the other person. What happened after you dropped that bomb on her? Because that's what you do. And she says, that's not really okay. I guess I do do that. Yes, <laughs> yes. you do. <laughs> you yes, do yes you do. We can
0: both attest to the fact that you do. And we love you for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I just wanted to know what you would like to share with our listeners and other professional Black women, because I know that's your your ideal clientele, they can help them along their fitness journey. Mm -hmm. Like, What's your personal philosophy that you want to share?
1: You know what you want. You did not get to where you are in your career and your life as a high performing member of this society, not knowing what you want. It's time for you to make yourself Mm -hmm. a priority. It's, It's time to start investing into you again. Mm -hmm. That's why I tell all my ladies it is time because here's the thing, Stephanie, as the sisterhood, the black woman sisterhood, we need as many members as we can to stay in this fight as long as they can. We don't need people. We don't need our sisters going out with, quote, unquote, black problems, medical problems. High blood pressure, yeah. diabetes, cardiovascular. Because if 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 I'm incorrect, we're not genetically just built to just come out the womb with high blood pressure for the most part. I know some people have, but you know some of that is on us. And we need as many of our healthy, able-minded sisters because we have to move the community forward. We just we just need that, and we don't have to go out. Like this, We don't have to go out at the bottom of the totem pole with these cardiovascular diseases and metabolic diseases. We don't have to go out and not get help for our mental uh, unrest. And we don't have to go out thinking we have to save everybody in the family and take care of all these grown people, including all these grown men who would then turn around and do whatever they want. We don't have to do that. That's no longer our inheritance. What is our inheritance is our body, our mind and our spirit. That's what that was truly given to us. It's time for us to take control of that again. And that, that is the one thing I tell him. I could, I could preach this one all day. We got to start taking control of our wellness point blank. Then. We just have to.
0: Absolutely. We have to. A- A- amen. I will add an amen to that sermon because yep. that it, it is very true. Yep. And, um, I, I, f- I feel like I'm on the same mission as you are to just bring our sisters together and help them heal physically, mentally, spiritually and feel the power that we have to make the changes in our own lives and our communities and in the world, ultimately, because women are just powerful creatures. We just are. And we we need all of our sisters to thrive. So We're gonna, we're gonna take a brief break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to SOAR with Adia Callahan. So Adia, right before the break we talked about your personal philosophy. Now I want to get in a little bit into learning a little bit more about your business. So since the last time we spoke last year, you've expanded your wellness coaching business, which is called See Me Wellness. And I think you either have done more of your podcast. I don't think we got a chance to talk about that. So I would love to hear a little bit more about those endeavors, your coaching wellness, wellness coaching business and your podcast and how you have expanded it.
1: Sure. The first expansion is it's actually a business now. Right? It it went from being thoughts and ideas on paper to now it's a it's a it's a budding business. It's a startup. Congratulations. What's see me wellness. Thank you. Thank you. I'm I'm still waking up at three o'clock in the morning just worried about everything. <laughs> <laughs> um but it's based on what idea does best, which is, um, it's movement. <laughs> and then it has expanded on what I've been doing, which is the coaching. Um, and to, to put that into perspective, Sam, I can teach, I can teach one good, I can teach a good class. I I can I'm not going to even, I'm not going to even be humble about it. You give me a format and I can teach a good class. I can right. teach a good Zuma class. Like you're going to come out there. You're going to have a good time. You're burn some calories. I can teach a good weightlifting class, a good Pilates class. I can teach a good TRX class. And here's the thing. In Seattle, where I'm at, so few of the teachers, the instructors are black female, just by demographics. Even worse, so many, so few of the participants are black female demographics and where we feel comfortable at. So see me wellness was taking what I I personally as a professional was good at and where I saw at least in this area mm-hmm. where the the gap was and that's was that was my sisters, right That was my the women who looked like me who had a similar story, professionals, got a couple of things on their plate they're trying to juggle. They're still trying to find themselves as far as they got things they want to do but can't do right now because they feel like they don't have the time, the energy, money, whatever. All I wanted to do was get my legs back healthy through movement. And then you start to realize that's just one pillar of wellness. And we got to take care of more than one to help a person to be their best whole. Like you just have to, right? And then people start asking questions like what else should I be doing? And next thing you know, I'm starting to refer people out. It's, I don't know, you know, maybe you should see a therapist and maybe you should do this. And maybe don't, don't, don't think about mm-hmm. intermittent fasting. Think about blood sugar. How can we, you should be talking to your do- doctor about that versus fasting. You know, some things that I I do say really into my, my box. I'm not a doctor. I'm not, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a nutritionist. But what I am is I am a nerd for information when it comes to wellness. And I like to share that with. So now I said, you know, you started to think about it. Why not allow for a space where the participants and clients look like me? I look like them and I I can help them a little bit more than just moving them and helping them burn calories and sweat. How about we start taking care of a few more of those pillars like. Your mental wellness. Okay. You, let's, yeah, you got some things you want to talk to somebody. This is a person I know. She's a black female therapist. How about you see, call her? She takes insurance. She does, you know, you start to put that mm-hmm. together and we start to answer the question of how to get you to a better you, to the you that you really want to be at. Cause it's not my goal. It really is yours. So how do we do that? And that's when the coaching side of things really started to take effect. And if you could tell by the way I'm running my mouth, I I can talk my way through it versus writing my way through it. So I, I'm not going to blog. I don't want to write anything. So the next best thing for me is to talk. And the next best thing for that is a podcast. because At least I can talk into a microphone <laughs> and I don't have to feel scared and have that fear of somebody visually saying I don't want to be here. So it's not the presentation side of things. I'm still getting information out there and that's how the podcast podcast came around, which was in an effort to reach as many women as possible on topics by us about the boo y'all by us for us essentially so mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> having a black female doctor on to talk about what we should really be talking to our doctors and being what we should really advocate towards our doctors about or having a black Female therapist, psychiatrist, explain to us the difference between psychiatry and counseling Excellent. and therapy and let us know it's okay if we need to see one of all of them, right? And explain it to us th- that space, right? Or having someone, a black female hairdresser, salads, talk to us about, okay, yeah, if you want to work out and swim, here's some hair options you really should be thinking about. Those are the type of questions we have, right? And so we might as well just have somebody who looks like us, who gets it, answer those questions for us.
0: Love it. Uh, and and it, I love how you said it was natural for you to do the podcast because you naturally love to talk and you're kind of taking all of your gifts and talents And using them to help other women and using them to educate, which it sounds like your passion is in the area of your passion. So that that's wonderful. So as a wellness coach, how would you coach someone to help them make their fitness a priority? And we talked about this a little bit more in terms of extending grace. But for those people who are frontline workers and they're feeling emotionally Mm -hmm. and physically exhausted, Plus they're juggling a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like this is your ideal client, the professional woman who's juggling a lot of stuff. How do you help them make their fitness a priority? Oh, uh, one,
1: I do what we talked about at the top of the, top of the call, which was I have them put, we put together their whys. Why do they want to do it? And then he, the honest truth is, and this is where the coaching comes into, I stay <laughs> on top of their tail. I really do, Stephanie. <laughs> I, I do because you laid it all out there. Um, I actually have a real life client who is a medical professional. She, I can't even tell you what she really does. I, I, she works in the OR. She's the person who keeps up with the mm-hmm. respiratory side of things. I don't know. She, like she can't leave unless the surgeon leave. Right. I know she has those type of job and her job also has her walking on the, um, working on the COVID wing of things Mm -hmm. because it's something to do with respiratory, right? She's stressed out, she's upset, she's Mm -hmm. overworked,
0: and she's scared. I relate to all of those.
1: All these things. And so I have to text her, call her, and check in with her, if not on a daily basis or every other daily basis because we're going to have to get through this hump. Differently than we would if it was a non-COVID type of frame, and that's where the coaching comes into. It's the personal touches that allows you mm-hmm. to get to where you want to be at. Because she still wants to let go of emotional eating, she still wants to get her movement up and consistent. She still wants to get more sleep. It's like she still want all these things, but she still has to. She wants to do that now being a frontline worker during a pandemic. So that means that I have to be on top of her and she gets mad at me. She says things like you don't understand and I don't, but I understand that these are her goals and that's what she wants. So we got (laughs) to get through there. And that's what coaching does. It helps. It makes you sit in Mm -hmm. with the fact that you want things. And now you have the resources to tell you, I'm sorry, but you can't use, Your career right about now is an excuse why you can't take care of
0: yourself. Mm, Yeah, that that's deep right there, because justifiably, you could put yourself in a bit of a pity party and just say. Mm -hmm. And and I'm speaking from personal experience because I'm a frontline worker who works with covid patients and work is just really rough right now. But what I have to do is I have to ask myself, okay, so how is me eating all of those donuts and not working out, making this situation better? Why am I punishing myself because I'm in this horrible situation? Like, it doesn't make sense, but it's just something that we, you know, reach for those comfort foods because, you know, in the past it has some sort of some sort of like pleasurable association for us even though now we know Mm -hmm. that it does not make us feel good so it's really great that you are able to stay on top of your clients you help her be accountable to herself and what goals she's already set these are the goals she set for herself it's not what you want for her is what she wants (laughs) for herself Mm -hmm. so that accountability is key
1: Mm-hmm. And some, and I care about her reaching those goals, right? Uh, I tell all my clients, I don't want to know how much m- weight you want to lose. That's, that's you, right? Because I don't want you to associate, disassociate all the good work that we put in to a number and what happens if you don't meet the number. Here's the reason why we got to get down to the whys. If you just want to lose weight, you don't need me. You you go to YouTube. You know, there's plenty of classes online. You don't need me. You just need some time and possibly some equipment. That's all you really need just to lose the weight. But to help you get down to the why when I'm gone, you can always go back to it. That's something that takes a little bit more work and effort and commitment. And I'm going to tell you this now, Stephanie, I I bow down to y'all working this front line because I'm barely making it at home. Like it's a lot at home, but you can't we can't lose y'all in this. Like We, we just can't lose y'all because people have made bad decisions. We can't lose y'all. So then I tell my ladies that you need to find the resources to help you take care of you for right now.
0: Whoo! thank you for that. Thank you for that. That is a reminder that I think we we all need because it's rough and it's rough for everybody. And it's rough for everybody in different ways. Mm-hmm. And And sometimes I think a lot of people who are on the front lines don't see the hospitals or the corporations or the general public really caring about them. And for you to say, well, I care about her and I care about all of you on the front lines and we can't lose you all. It's nice to have a sister in your corner reminding you that even though they may not care, I care about you. So that's yeah. powerful. Yeah. Whew. Now, you mentioned this also, which this is something that comes up a lot with my friends. We we try to hold each other accountable to our goals, and so we do that like in a weekly thing where we kind of check in with our weight. But sometimes the mm-hmm. the the results you're not getting the results that you want, and so mm-hmm. and sometimes it'll be you're doing every, sure. you're doing your fitness goals, you're working out every day. And you're following the plan, but you're still not getting Mm -hmm. that number on the scale or you don't see that percent body fat going down. So how do you encourage your clients when they actually are Mm -hmm. doing the work, but they're not seeing the results?
1: Forget the goal. Forget the goal. Yep. Forget the goal. If you are trying to lose weight, then there's some other things that go along with that right about now. Right. Usually that means you probably can improve something else than just the number. If you want to lose weight, that means you probably did lose some weight to go with that. Right. Like it didn't you didn't just start working out and something happened. Right. That you don't lose anything. So I put more emphasis of the process versus just the goal. So when you get to that point, I'ma need you to forget the gold right about now, cause I don't know what that number is. Maybe that number ain't right. I don't know. <laughs> now we gotta start talking about like the calibration of the scale and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know? Like, cause it's more important right about now the process that you've taken Endeavor to versus mm-hmm. the number of the amount of fat that you lost. Cause now we gotta start justifying it, right? I try to get people' minds to wrap around the good part of things versus the negative part of things. Hence, the reason why it's good to have accountability buddies, but sometimes you have to pay people to help you when you, you know, get through something because at the end of the day, I'm coming in a, from a more professional lens. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I care about you, mm-hmm. but I'm not attached to the number like you are. Right. So what I tell my clients it's when they're like, the scales aren't moving and the, it always, it happens to every last one of us. Don't let anybody fool you. It happens to every last one of us. If you're trying to lose weight, there's probably going to be a time if you continue with this, that you feel like you're not budging that number. That's when you forget about the number and you work on mm-hmm. the process. Cause there's always something more you can do. It, it always is. But you do it, I want you to, but I want you to do something that you're going to find enjoyment out of because again, I need you to stick with this for the long haul. So for you, you say, I've been dancing, I've been watching what I've been eating, and I haven't moved that number on the scale for the last two weeks. I'm going to tell you, all right, let's forget the scale for a little while. We're going to forget the scale. Don't even look at it. Don't worry about it. Now I'm going to go back to the very beginning because remember, there's a reasoning behind all this. I'm going to say to you, how much were you dancing on that Saturday while you were uh, cleaning up the house? You say 15 minutes. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. This is your new goal right about now. I need you to do, to do 30 minutes on that Saturday mm-hmm. instead of 15 minutes. And I'm going you to challenge you to do all that 30 minutes at one time. This now allows for us to start tweaking in, asking our bodies to do a little bit more than what we thought it could or what we wanted to. And then once you give that as a consistent regimen, then we can go back and check that scale and look at some things and we can tweak as we go. But now I'm going to ask you to give me more since you want more. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. So forget to go for a while.
0: Yeah. I like that because sometimes the scale does get stuck for numerous reasons. And, you just have to focus on something else, so that you don't get because you can easily get discouraged and just say, "Well, forget it. The scale's not moving. Why am I doing this?" Right. Um, so that's that's great advice. So as we're wrapping up, I did want to ask you. Always like to end with some of the opportunities. So, what hidden opportunities do you think this quarantine is offering us as women that we may want to take advantage of in in regards to fitness?
1: Oh, it's offering you the opportunity not to rip and run. Mm.
0: <laughs> yep. Right? So
1: that time <laughs> myself included. I Stephanie, let me tell you how bad let me tell you how bad I got as a salesperson. And I was lucky one. I didn't have to leave the state lives. I was able to stay within two hours of my home, uh, which is very rare in the outside sales for a lot of people. I had a portable hot plate wow. in my
0: car. Now that's bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Cause I said I wanted to stop, you know, I was, I was ready to lose the baby weight. I said to myself, I'm going to stop eating out for lunch. I'm going to bring home, I'm going to bring my food from home, but I didn't want to eat salads all day. So I have, I found, let me tell you, Japanese culture, they're going to find a solution to everything you need had pretty much a hot plate in an insulated bag and i bought an adapter to plug it into my car and as i was driving around seeing clients i was able to warm up my food so i could have a hot home-cooked meal instead of the you know something i bought on the road that was full of sodium and preservatives and all that good stuff right
0: yeah that's that i
1: i'm sorry if, i'm sorry
0: no, I was going to say that, that is a level of commitment that is like none other. So kudos on being committed, but that's also a level of running around. That's also like none, yeah, none other. And that's, yeah, And that's how you know you were spending more time in the
1: car than you were at a table to eat. So with the pandemic, I don't, and even with this other job, the, the previous job, I don't have to eat, try to figure out where I can find food at anymore. I can eat at home. So for me, I like to eat out. I, and let me tell you, I'm from Mississippi, (laughs) y'all. Don't play with me when it comes to food. Don't, don't, don't play with me. I know how to eat and I know how to eat very well. And I like to eat out. I really do. I, I don't cook and I love to eat out. So I understand that fully. But since I'm not ripping and running, I get a little bit more time in my life to. Put together a salad because that's all I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do two things: I'm gonna put together a salad and make a, uh, a protein shake. That's really my cooking mm-hmm. skills right there. And then two, I can go out for walks with my family now. Yeah, right. You could, you could. We now have an extra thirty minutes to two hours a day to do some things. And once the pandemic is over, trust believe that a lot of people are gonna get into the habit of doing that positive stuff that positive fitness, nutritional, mental wellness, they're going to start making adjustments on the other end versus adjustments on that, that positive end for that time. But the time, that time, we regain a lot of time out of our lives.
0: Absolutely. All of those um, hours commuting uh, that you no longer mm-hmm. have to commute, that you can just go for a walk and um, do something physically fit with your family is definitely an opportunity that that we've been presented with. So I know after listening to this amazing conversation and getting to know you a little bit, because even during this short period of time, I feel like I've gotten to know you better. And I know my listeners have too, that they're going to want to know how to reach out to you. So if you can share your website, your social media and your podcast information, that would be wonderful.
1: You can reach me at Adia, A-D-I-A-C at com, The website is com, and so are the social media handles, IG, Facebook. The podcast is called Sweaty Edges. We have just wrapped up season one. Season two is scheduled to come out in October. And uh, yeah, we're just doing classes, teach classes three to four times a week, everything from Pilates to kickboxing. So we're, we're trying to get out there for our ladies.
0: Yes. Thank you so much for sharing with us and taking the time out of your busy schedule to be here and to bless um, SOAR's listeners uh, with everything that you shared with us today. And we will stay in touch.
1: Thank you so much, Stephanie. This has been great. And again, thank you on both fronts, the four fronts and us fronts for doing this. And, and I don't know how you do it with the whole family at home as well. So
0: thank you. You are so welcome. Thank you so much for listening. I've had so much fun. The Bible says be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So remember, the change happens in your mind first before it manifests in your life. If you want to reach out to me, if you want to send me a question for Ask the Coach, or if you just ha- I want to reach out to me, please send me an email to Stephanie at MyUrban95.com. And if you want to check out any other information about my life coaching business, you can reach me at www.stephaniebrowncoaching.com. So remember, to overcome your circumstances, think the thoughts you would think if you were already where you want to be, and you will be there before you know it.